I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have questions you would like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Iowa riding a four-game winning streak into the final home game of the season. Black Friday against Nebraska with a second straight Big Ten West division title and a trip to Indianapolis in the Big Ten championship game. On the line. Kickoff inside Kinnick Stadium set for 3 o'clock. At last check, the Hawkeyes are 10.5 point favorites. And my guest today covers the Huskers for KLIN Radio in Lincoln. It's my buddy Caleb Henry. Caleb, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, AD? Love talking to you once a year here. We should probably talk more than once a year, but you know. We should. We should. But hey, this, <laughs> this, this keeps us in touch. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, before we get into this game specifically, Man, it's been quite a season for for Nebraska from the early loss to Northwestern and Ireland, the firing of Scott Frost, a couple of wins before this current five-game losing streak. What's it been like this fall in Lincoln? Man, it's been like, as there always is, there's that weird amount of optimism before the season that you think things might be a little bit different. Um, And Nebraska went through, got a bunch of transfers, and a lot of the contributors still at this point in the year are the transfers. I hate to think of what the year would look like without them. Um, but then everything just goes downhill in Dublin against Northwestern. And you think, all right, well, I, I guess maybe Northwestern will be good. We've come to learn they're not. Um, you struggle against North Dakota, lose to Georgia Southern, then Scott Frost is out. And then it's been months on months on months of a coaching search. Is Mickey Joseph going to get the job? But he's also a former quarterback. So do you just try to keep everything in the family? Then you, you play really well offensively, but lose at Purdue, but then you lose your starting quarterback and then your best wide receiver is pretty much not effective from there. Um, should have beaten Illinois. And I'll still say this. Anyone with a competent offense should beat Illinois. Um, Nebraska should have, it just, it, it feels like the same old thing where one side of the ball will play. Okay. The other side of the ball will just be kind of garbage and then it'll alternate on who's doing what for each week. So it's been its own adventure, and that's saying something for what we've seen from Nebraska football the last six, seven years. There's no doubt about that, man. There have been some really close games. Last week against Wisconsin is is one of them. Uh, are, are you seeing kind of the same issues holding Nebraska back in these close games as we saw last season where they lost so many one-score games? So I think there is a small difference. So, like, last year you got to – you got to sometime in the fourth quarter and you would just get a pit in your stomach. You knew something was going to go wrong because there's no way the leadership on, on those teams last year, the last few years was going to be enough to, to buckle things down. And it just felt inevitable. Um, On 
this last weekend, which it was my birthday. So I was like, oh, sweet. I can go hang out, home game, <laughs> division game. Everything will be fine, right? Well, it got late enough in there, and I went, Nebraska needs to score because the offense has been um, not on the field enough, and the defense has been out there too long. They're just going to get tired, and guys are getting a little bit beat up. Um, it, to a point, it felt inevitable, but in a very different way. It just felt like Wisconsin had game-planned better to lean on that run game at exactly the right time late, right when Nebraska was getting tired. And it felt in a different way of getting that one score loss as opposed to what you had seen previously. You go a couple weeks uh, before that and you had Minnesota where you're rolling out a backup quarterback. And at one point in the game, you had seven consecutive three and outs. And then you made a, a full-time change with which backup quarterback you wanted to go with. So there've been times where it's, this is a, a interim head coach who's not been at this level in this position trying to learn. Mm. So there's been the personnel decisions last week against Wisconsin. Wisconsin got the ball to start the second half and Nebraska took the wind in the third quarter instead of having the wind at their back, which was 22 miles an hour gusts over 30 instead of having the gust at their back in the fourth quarter where Wisconsin got it right as Nebraska was running out of air itself. So it's little coaching decisions as a guy who's trying to learn it as opposed to a guy who should have already known how to make all these decisions the previous four-plus years. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, from from afar, watching you on Twitter, just kind of keeping keeping tabs on this team, you've seen a lot of that quarterback play that you, you just talked about. Uh, Purdy and Smothers. Is, is Casey Thompson the quarterback coming into this week? Uh, do you expect anybody else to, to take snaps against Iowa? No, it's got to be Casey Thompson. And if it's not Casey Thompson, Nebraska's in trouble. Now, Logan Smothers played all right against Iowa, if we remember yeah. from a year ago. Um, and part of that was just really well game planned. Ultimately it didn't go in Nebraska's favor, but when you game plan for a guy who to that point in his career, and even up until points this year, it was, can he be depended on to make some big throws when he needs to? Um, and the answer to that was in unequivocal, no, but he's made some big throws this year to where we go. Okay. If it does get to a backup, Logan Smothers can make all the throws that Chubba Purdy can, and his eyes don't get real big in the moment. Um, so that's why, and Chubba Purdy is actually out with an injury for the rest of this year. So it would be Smothers if Casey Thompson can't go. And then it becomes a redshirt walk-on freshman, Jarrett Sinek, um, from a, a town in central Nebraska. He's listed third on the depth chart right now, um, ahead of your scholarship redshirt freshman and your scholarship freshman, Heinrich Harburg and Richard Torres. Um, obviously both of those guys brought in by not this athlete or not this offensive coordinator and not this interim head coach. So they're not getting a whole lot of run. It's Casey Thompson or bust. And that's really what it is. Cause there's not a bowl game. You see what you can get from Casey and the offense just works a lot better with him out there. Um, now he's been banged up cause the offensive line hasn't been the most reliable, 
but the offense has a big playability with him that they have not had with any other quarterback behind center. You're looking at the offensive stats. You got Anthony Grant, who's you know closing in on a thousand yard season. Trey Palmer, the receiver, closing in on a thousand yards receiving. Uh, what what does Nebraska try to do it, w- when the offense looks good? What does the Nebraska offense look like? So when the offense has looked good, and it's looked good in different ways. So if you go to the Purdue game, it was, man, I don't care, just throw it up. Trey Palmer's down there somewhere. And that's what it was. That's why Trey Palmer had like 200 yards receiving or something and a bunch of touchdowns, and he kept Nebraska in that game. Um, But that hasn't necessarily been the offense. When the offense has looked good, Anthony Grant has been involved where he'll get a couple run plays here and there, but then they'll throw it out to him in the flat and give him the ball in space, and he'll run over um, a defensive back, and then they'll spread the ball around, get Travis Vocal like the tight end involved, maybe Maurice Washington, one of the other wideouts. And then you'll try to find spots to get Trey Palmer involved. He just really hasn't been for the last month or so. Um, When the offense is rolling, everything is scripted. So to start out a game or to start out a half, they've done a really good job of figuring out where they can move the ball and move it effectively. Where the offense has not looked good is literally any other parts in the game where they have to get off script. When you get into a late game situation and you need a drive, um, when you throw a backup quarterback out there and he can't do the same things. Um, So I, I mean, if you're looking to Friday, man, Nebraska should look good on like the first offensive possession, whether or not they score that they'll probably look decent. And then after that, it's man, I hope that they can call some plays and get something going because this is going to be probably the best defense Nebraska's seen all season. It's good advice to Hawkeye fans. If Nebraska looks good on that first <laughs> drive, just take a breath. It's a long game. Uh, <laughs> d- defensively, Nebraska's got to be confident that they can hold Iowa's offense at least somewhat in check uh, because Iowa's offense just isn't very good. What, what has been the strength of the defense this season? Uh, I mean, it's so hard to say because literally everyone, you go early on in the year um, before the defensive coordinator was also fired, Eric Janander. So there's an interim defensive coordinator, Bill Bush. That's right. The special teams coordinator. Um, And the defense has looked better. But if you go back to those first few games, Georgia Southern famously known for how many passes they want to throw in a game was able to rip off chunk runs. Um, You go to that Purdue game and you had the, uh, the true freshman Maccabee, running all over Nebraska. And there was just no way to stop them. You, you've had some injuries, some linebackers banged up. Um, so you do have several young guys that are starting in positions. You've got Malcolm Hartzog, who I believe has four interceptions on this year. He's a true freshman in the secondary. Isaac Gifford, who's an underclassman, he'll play kind of that nickel and linebacker area. Um, there's a lot of underclassmen that you'll see in positions and guys that just haven't had the experience because they've been banged up and you graduated a lot of super seniors off of last year's team, the strength is probably if teams do put the ball in the air deep. And that, that and a lot of teams haven't had to do that. So Nebraska's defense does get picked apart. If you can run a lot of quick slants, think Purdue, think Georgia Southern, or if you can just lean on your run game long enough until Nebraska gets tired, think Minnesota, think Wisconsin. Um, so it, Nebraska has stopped the run at times, but it hasn't been complimentary football enough that the defense can hold up over four quarters. 
You know, in years past, it's it's been the little things, the details that have allowed Iowa to run up this seven-game streak in this rivalry. H- how is Nebraska this season when it comes to things like special teams, turnovers, penalties? So special teams has been greatly improved, actually, this year. You had last week. Now, I, I talked about the wind, but Brian Buscini, the punter, um, who was uh, came from an FCS school this last year and was one of the best, if not the best, specialists last year, uh, he had a 74-yard punt. The wind caught it a little bit, but anytime you can get something 70 plus, that feels pretty good. Flip the field. And, uh, and then Wisconsin went down and had to attempt a field goal from there. So the special teams has been pretty good. The field goal unit is so, so they try to not roll them out there. Nebraska's offense also hasn't put them in a lot of field goal positions anyway. Um, But from the punt standpoint, the kickoff standpoint, they're not giving up like these really backbreaking plays on that third of the game. Penalties have been kind of the same way. It's greatly improved from a year ago. There were times that you knew if Nebraska got a penalty on a drive, the whole drive was done because now they're behind the chains. And it hasn't been that way this year because Casey Thompson and and Trey Palmer and then Anthony Grant can break something. These guys have come in and they found ways to, to take advantage of now we're in a different position than we were. It's no longer a, a second and four, it's a second and nine, but now we've got a little bit more space to work. So those little details have actually been better, but it's just the lingering issues of not having guys that that can tackle in a way that you need to in the Big Ten, especially in the Big Ten West. So are they swarming enough to the ball? You're really hit and miss on that. Sometimes you'll see a guy who could have made a play in the backfield not wrap up and try and arm tackle. And as a matter of fact, that's, that's what got Nebraska beat um, several times earlier in the year that they could have had somebody in the backfield and they just didn't. And then the drive continues and the defense has to stay out there a long time. So it's mostly the, the offense staying on the field a little bit defense being able to get off the field, but those little things of, of the penalties, not having the backbreaking turnovers, even those have not been an issue this year. Just Nebraska doesn't have a very good football team, even with those not being issues. You know, no bowl game uh, com- coming this year. It, it doesn't seem like Mickey Joseph is playing for a job or anything like that. What, what's at stake for Nebraska in this game? Yeah, you got to win the you got to win the Iowa game. There, there are a lot of people that now that you know there's no bowl game, and you know it's not Mickey Joseph who's going to end up with a job. And who knows? Maybe he does. It's a crapshoot at this point. Um, we we just expect an announcement sometime this weekend. Um, please make an announcement before the transfer portal window opens. Yes. Um, we, we've had enough of a coach search for three months. But what's on the line is you got to beat Iowa. Those are those are the neighbors there. The amount of people that I know that have family in Iowa, or there are Iowa fans living here in Nebraska. You win this game and you get to hold that over your opponent. And Nebraska hasn't had that for over half a decade. Now we can talk about the fact that Nebraska volleyball is playing for a conference championship and they've literally never lost to Iowa in the sport of volleyball (laughs) in the history of the earth. Like that's all fun. We can do all of that, but football still takes the headlines. So you have to go win this game. Give yourself bragging rights. Keep Iowa from winning the division. You can play spoiler. So Nebraska has been in that position enough times now where it's like, Hey, go play spoiler. And then they just don't Wisconsin got bowl eligible last week on Nebraska and technically needed that win to keep their division hopes alive. And not everything went their way after that, but you can go play spoiler and keep Iowa 
out of the Big Ten championship game. That's enough of a bragging right thing to take into the offseason when you don't have a bowl game to look forward to. It's what's so great about these college football rivalries, the, these regional rivalries that, that seem to be going away more and more as, as the sport changes, but you're exactly right. Uh, even in a, in a mostly lost season for Nebraska, there is still something at stake in this Black Friday game, and that's keeping one of your biggest rivals out of the Big Ten championship <laughs> game, right? It's, it's holding that over Iowa yeah. for another year, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, Caleb, a Appreciate this. Uh, be, before I let you go, did want to just ask one men's basketball question. Obviously, Fred Hoiberg uh, is, is a big name over here, and he got kind of the same vote of confidence um, that that Scott Frost got in the offseason. We saw how short of a leash Scott Frost had. What, what do you think Fred Hoiberg needs to do this season to keep his job with the basketball team? Man, I really think he needs to go 500, and, and part of that is how you how you look going 500. So you go to the the team's only lost so far on the year before they head to Orlando uh, and take on a gauntlet. That's going to be that ESPN events invitational. The only loss is a St. John's and it was on the road and you were in that game. As a matter of fact, leading at halftime and then just had a second half collapse. You want to try to figure out how things can improve Arkansas pine bluff. The next game was not like, they're not a world beater of an opponent, but you were down at halftime and then you ran away for a 24 point win can the team come together in a way because you add so many transfers or guys that haven't played together. And that's just kind of been the, the Hoiberg formula. Can you get those guys to come together um, in the second half and have somebody say, Hey, we're not letting this get away from us. It works a little bit the same way with football where they just haven't had somebody do that over the last several years. But in basketball, these there's some really good guys. You've got a hometown kid in Sam Greasel who's coming back. Who's a six, seven point guard. Um, and then you've got some other guys who can fill it up. Nebraska's got size this year that they haven't had in probably a decade plus. I don't know if it's the same size that can hold up in the Big Ten, but it's something that's going to keep Nebraska competitive. And um, so I think if Nebraska can win the majority of their non-conference games, which is still going to be really, really hard to do, and then try to get to 500 in what is, again, the Big Ten Conference, where it's hard to come out and get a bunch of wins. Um, I expect Nebraska to just be a lot more competitive this year than they were a year ago. I'm hoping Hoiberg can get the team to 500. He is Caleb Henry. You can follow him on Twitter at iCalebHenry. Check out his work at KLIN Radio, his morning show, LNK Today, the KLIN Husker Hour every Saturday. Uh, Caleb, I always appreciate the time, man. It's always fun to talk to you. And, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do this more often than once a year, okay? Hey, love it, AD. You guys have a happy Thanksgiving. There it is. I mean, I, I don't know that that conversation is going to do anything to uh, to dampen the confidence that, that Iowa fans have going into this game. Uh, I don't think this is a, a sure thing, but it may be as, as close to one as we've had uh, all season. Nebraska is just not a very good football team. Iowa is playing really good football right now. Uh, I don't see the Hawkeyes looking past this game. I, I know they know what's at stake. It's senior day. It's their final home game. Uh, there's a lot on the line here uh, for both sides, more obviously for Iowa, uh, more than just bragging rights. It's going to be a good game. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have this covered at all areas at HawkeyeNation.com. Thank you so much for listening, and go Hawks!